What up, Clock Dodgers? Support for today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. We partner with Manscaped for one reason. You can relate to the feeling when you eat a really good meal. How about the feeling you get when you come fresh out the barbershop, when you walk out your house with some brand new kicks on? That feeling when you deposit money into your bank account to pay your bills. That feeling when you get a brand new job. All that is confidence. And I promise you on everything that Manscaped gives you that feeling. Go to manscaped.com right now. Don't don't procrastinate. Don't wait. Don't put it on your to-do list. Go to manscaped.com right now. You may already have the lawnmower 3.0 and you're thinking, well, I already have it though, Neil. How can I still support Clock Dodgers even though I have the best product that they offer? All you, you can go right to the, to the section right now. They got mints. They got t-shirts. They got boxers. They even got stuff to take care of your nails, your fingernails, your toenails. Listen, what's important to us is that you're using Manscaped to take care of yourself. It's, it's a product to take care of yourself, help your mental health, help your grooming, help your body. That's what we want. It's important to us. So yeah, we, we appreciate you doing it to support Clock Dodgers, but we want you to take care of yourself at the same time. So go over to manscaped.com, use the promo code CLOCKDODGERS. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. It's an amazing deal. Honestly, go there right now, plug it in. You'll see you'll see the savings right there on the site as you're doing this. I want you guys to take advantage of it. Again, it's all about confidence. It's all about taking care of yourself. You'll see on this episode that we talk a lot about taking care of yourself and being happy. So shout out to Manscaped for supporting the podcast. Shout out to everyone who's been listening and buying from Manscaped to help support Clock Dodgers. So Clock Dodgers is the promo code, 20% off, free shipping. Go check them out. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno. Adam and Josh could not make the show today. A little bit of scheduling conflicts by all of us, not just not just them. I'm not going to blame them. It's not fun to blame them. It's not what we do here unless it's just Josh. Then it's funny. But uh, yeah, besides that, we have a special guest today. So it's all good. I made sure we got everything covered. The special guest, you're very familiar with him on the Cloud Dodgers podcast, but you also may know him from across all different networks, Mayo Media Network, different podcasts, guest spots. What I consider his headquarters destination, Devi. You may also know him just from his audio checks that he loves doing his little music videos, which are hilarious. But anyway, welcome back to the show. Friend of the show, Jordan Richards, your boy Rich, Jay Rich. What's up, man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you uh, messaged me earlier this morning, assuming I'd be up, which was honestly a miracle for me. I get up late, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here for the people. Hopefully we can put on a good show. Yeah, man. I was like, I was thinking last night when, you know, all the plans fell through. I was like, oh, man, do I just go solo on this one? I said, who who, who can I contact in the morning that I feel, you know, a grinder who ain't going to be worried about show notes and this and that and where they planned for this for two weeks? I said, your boy, Jerry, it's got to be him. And so there yes, you were. I threw up the bat signal and you just answered it like nothing, man. Yeah, it's, it's major. That's major, man. It's major. Listen, shout out to all the Clock Dodger listeners. I know it's like a tense time right now across the U.S. You know, regardless of which side you're on, you voted. That's important. Uh, we're not going to get into politics. I know I felt like we pushed the episode back a couple of days. because I didn't want to drop it on the election day. I didn't want it when people are all you know trying to consume their election content. So I feel like I know it's not over, but like we're kind of in a safer zone. Hopefully, hopefully maybe this is a breath of fresh air. You know what I'm saying, Jordan? Yes, sir, man. It's it's been a crazy time for sure. And I don't even live in America. I live in Canada, but we've been just as caught up in everything going on as you guys have. So definitely, you know, any any time we can get away from the election, just even to clear that headspace is I'm all for it. Yeah, it's one of those things where like it's weird. Like the whole world is watching the U.S. Right? It's strange. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know literally. Cares. Yeah, I know everyone cares about what we do here with as far as the president. It's like uh, I know it matters to everyone. So. Um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um, let, but let's jump into football, man, because that's what we're here for. We start every show, you know, with with victory laps. Now, Jordan, I know it's popular across the fantasy community to be like depressed and sad and tell people what they did wrong and kind of, you know, be humble. But we, we don't we don't like to do that here. Not that we're not humble, but we like to be real positive and to be positive and have fun. We like to talk about what we did right, not what went wrong, because if you listen to the show, 
where you consume our content, you know what went wrong already. We won't got to sit here and, and like play around and harp on it. Let's talk about what happened right. Let's talk about what got people W's last week. So I'll start off for me just so you have a chance to kind of, you know, gather some players or, or a player if you could think of anyone that, you know, you were big on last week that, you know, really did well. But for me, I just want to take a couple laps. One is Jerick McKinnon, who scored another touchdown, continues to, you know, put up touchdowns. That gets me excited. Since, uh, you know, I, I've been holding on to him all these all these seasons and it's finally all coming together again. So that's really good. Um, another one for Philip Lindsay, a, a nice, a nice long victory lap for Philip Lindsay because, you know, he showed out and hopefully he can continue that. And then the other one that I really want a victory lap really quick. And it's because Adam had told me Adam's a Bears fan. And when I said, Adam, I'm just waiting for Darnell Mooney to have a big week. I'm just waiting for that week to happen. He was like, good luck, you know, all smart ass and sarcastic and shit like Adam is. And then it happened it happened so i appreciate adam and his smart ass good luck because it paid off um so shout out to you know darnell mooney for making his appearance his presence felt um so those are three big names that i really wanted to take victory laps for today for you know for what they did in week eight but um do you have anyone that you want to victory lap jordan anyone that comes to mind so i'm gonna happily shame myself off the top of the show because i had a terrible week (laughs) i think i lost like eight of ten matchups One thing I will say, though, that I got really lucky. So I walked into uh, Monday night with like a 20 point deficit or I was like 20, 25 point deficit. And I ended up winning by point four on the last touchdown by my man, my main man, Dana Dimes, getting it done, um, which was hilarious. But like I had a league. I accidentally benched Dalvin Cook. So that was trash. and obviously lost that week. Dude, it was it was rough. Um, yeah, no, the the one victory lap I will take though, since I'm here and we're taking victory laps, it's on Chase Edmonds. Um, I've been on Chase Edmonds all off season, and he's been a guy who I've been a big fan of, and it's it's been shown throughout the season that he's better than Kenyon Drake, and now he's finally going to get that chance. So if you have Chase Edmonds, you have to start him. Yeah, and I think he could run with this job through the rest of the season, and I don't think it's crazy to be trying to trade for him still. For sure. Chase Hemmings is definitely in a, in a good position right now. Yeah. See, the victory laps, you know, a lot of people, like you said, you want to shame yourself a little bit. And, and that's and that's fair because when we have a down week or it's not that great, you know, we don't feel good about it. But I feel like the victory laps are important because, number one, we need to stay in a positive headspace. But also because you can learn from what you did right or what you, you know, the right calls that you made or the guys that you caught, you know, that you thought early on. There was a reason why you called those. So um, I do like to make sure we highlight those two. And not just beat up on each other. Because, again, it's easy to get beat up on out here. They, they, they come at you on Twitter and everywhere else. So um, definitely oh, yeah, that. <laughs> definitely enjoy the victory laps. Um, some quick news before we get into any of the other seg- segments of the show. Um, Matt Stafford, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, all these guys are on the COVID list. All of them, man. So I don't know if do – do any of these guys affect any of your teams, man, like in a major way? Um, not Ayuk, but I think Ayuk is the guy that's going to affect a lot of people because yeah. they're going to be, they were going to be relying on him with Debo still injured. Like Debo being on the COVID list doesn't matter because he probably wasn't going to play anyways, but he was kind of the main guy. And I was even talking to a guy on Twitter this morning. He's like, who do I play from the San Francisco wide receiver core? The answer is nobody if you can help <laughs> it. But if you do want to play someone, I would play Richie James. Um, He's a dynamic player. There's, he's a guy who can get the ball in open space. He can do something with it. He's their kick returner. But outside of that, man, like, it's just a shit show. And then you look at how that affects even Marvin Jones and DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson on the Lions and not having Stafford. Man, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Stafford, I believe they said Stafford could technically still play. So I think it's one of those things where people just got to keep a really close eye on it. Um, But if not, obviously, if you're in, you know, deep enough leagues or two quarterback leagues, obviously this could be pretty impactful. If you're just in one quarterback league, you should be able to find replacements as long as it's not too deep. Um so, yeah, it's COVID. I, I always like to mention it because it just continues to affect people. And obviously, this Thursday night game is going to be pretty brutal as far as um, those are concerned. Uh, just other injuries. Um, I, I like to just run through these. If you, if anyone, when I'm saying these, stick out to you, Jordan, whether you feel like it affects the most people or it's the most you know important one of all the guys, um, feel free to stop me at any point and just you know pick out people here. But Miles Gaston is going to be out. Obviously, the Dolphins running back situation is going to be crazy. Um, Austin Hooper's back. So for those who um, needed him at tight end, you got to keep an eye on Mark Ingram, T.Y. Hilton, Aaron Jones, um, Devonta Freeman, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin. There's a bunch of guys, even Chris Carson and Zeke Elliott. Like there's, these are all guys to keep an eye on because they're not all like for sure out. Um, but do any of those guys yeah. stick out to you that have been like either nagging you or that you feel like are going to affect a lot of teams this week that people really need to get, you know, on top of replacing at this point? Like, do any of these guys really stick out to you in a, in a big way? 
Well, I mean, the biggest one is Mark Ingram, I think, because yeah. everyone wants J.K. Dobbins to be a thing. Um, one thing I will say, though, is Hooper's uh, he's on by this week. So just to, That's just to kind of remind the listeners of that, right? He's on by, but he's expected to come back. And um, the other guy that you didn't mention, who I think should be mentioned, is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb All is right. also probably going to be back after this bye week. Um, another guy that I'd be looking to trade for because he has a good schedule and the runs and the Browns, sorry, really need him. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, you look at Gaskin. I don't he was really good for fantasy, but replacement level, maybe it's Breda. They traded for DeAndre Washington. It, it's hard to really see much there. But I think Hooper, obviously, being a tight end and being featured in that offense and what we've seen from Harrison Bryant already in in uh, in Cleveland. There could be a role for Hooper, and obviously Chubb coming back is going to be—he's going to return to his regular workhorse role. Zeke, how do you feel about Pollard? The problem with me is I don't like Pollard this week. Hmm. So, do I like? Are you going to blow Fab on him? Man, he, I feel like if he's available, you do. But I wouldn't get like at you know insane Zeke. I don't think Zeke's really missed time a lot or ever actually. As he's, far as injuries. he's never really missed time, but that's the problem. Is like you look at even this week, they're playing the Steelers. You're not like even if Tony Pollard is the starter, you don't really want to play him. Right. I don't magic. even really want to play Zeke this week, but he's Zeke. So if he's in, you kind of just have to put him in and expect RB two numbers. But outside of like Pollard, he, I don't know, man. Like I don't know if I'm gonna even blow. I talked about this on the Sleeper Wire show yesterday. I don't know if we're gonna blow more than five or six fab if he's unowned for some reason. Yeah, and the other, the other issue is obviously the quarterback, which we'll get into here too in a second, um, which will affect that offense in a whole. You know, so um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a weird situation. And then obviously with these other injuries, you know, there are guys like Michael Thomas who are still um, waiting on you know to see what happens there. But I mean, these He'll most of these guys are just what wait and see type approaches. If they play, you play them. You know, if they don't, you just you just got to keep, you know, guys on standby. Yeah, for sure. Because you're not going to really replace certain guys here, even in a valuable way sometimes. Um, so we'll, we'll yeah. see how those play out. They're just things to keep your eyes on. Um, let's jump into trust issues because we, we already are starting to talk about players because these injuries and stuff are related to some of the segments we got here. So I just want to get into trust issues and we can dig deeper into a lot of these players. Um, so for trust issues, again, Jordan, just a reminder to the listeners, I'm going to just bring up statements, players, situations, and then me and you are going to discuss whether we trust these guys and the situations that they're in or if we have trust issues with that statement. Um, so those, of course, listening can play along. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter um, at Clock Dodgers if you want to send them a message to us. But the first trust issue that I have here is starting Cowboys wide receivers with Gilbert or Rush at quarterback, man. Do you have trust issues with that or do you trust it? Do you trust these guys that think that the wide receivers are too talented to still not perform? I have massive trust issues. We already saw it this past week, just how, like, I don't think they can even move the ball. And that wasn't against a very good defense. You know, the Phillies, Philly has a good front four, but outside of that, their defense has been trash all season. Yep. Playing as number one defense in the league, I, I just can't. Like, they could have eight in the box, play press man, and there's the quarterback would maybe have two seconds to throw the ball. By then, it would be tipped or picked by one of the great DBs on the Steelers. I just, I can't trust any of them. If yeah. you have to start Cooper because he's Cooper, okay, but you can't start anybody else. Yeah, and I bring this up too because last week we had this basically the same question, but it was a different quarterback start, and, and we've seen how how they struggled. And I was just curious, you know, what the answer would be this week if anybody would have a different, you know, vibe towards it. I, I'm with you. I don't think I don't know how you could trust at this point um, the wide receivers on this team. And again, it's not any knock to their talent. It's just when you don't have good quarterbacks, it's just it's just the way it goes. Like it's hard to overcome that. And, and you're talking about quarterbacks who are not even like, you know, really highly valued backup quarterbacks. We, or, you know. we didn't even know their name. Right. We literally didn't know their name, <laughs> exactly. right? Like the only guy I would consider if you have them still playing him is Dalton Schultz because I was looking at one of my leagues and I was surprised by how good he did. Um, I mean, he's still a tight end, so tight ends are terrible. If you have Schultz, maybe he gets receptions if you're in a PPR or if you're in a premium. Outside of that, though, I just I don't see the outside guys getting much work, if any work. We saw how much how many gimmicks they had to do just to get them the ball. I, I just I don't know, man. The Steelers should just play press man all day and just destroy them. Yeah, it sucks that it's, it's played out this way because, uh, you know, I, I spent the stack on Andy Dalton, bro. I went all in on Fab. <laughs> so uh, this is not playing out very well for me here. Uh, so hopefully he gets back, man. Hopefully he gets back. But definitely trust issues on the Cowboys uh, until yes, further sir. notice. Next one, Antonio Brown back in his first week. Trust or trust issues, Jordan? I trust it, but I do. I want you to give me a line of like your expectations, but I do trust it. 
I think that he's going to be pretty good. Like we already saw him in one game with Brady. I believe he went for 70 yards on five receptions and a touchdown. I don't know why he can't do that again. I, I think he's going to be force fed the ball, you know, like where, where would you set that baseline at? Like, what would you expect from him? I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I don't think, I think a touchdown is fair to expect. I don't think that's out of, you know, out of the way at all. I think 50 to 75 yards is easy to expect from him. I think, man, I, I get some people just don't like Antonio Brown, the person. I get that some people are, you know, hesitant to trust guys who haven't played in a while. But when you have a special elite talent, I just don't play those kind of games with him, man. I trust him straight back. You know, like, again, we're talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about a great offense. There's There's nothing here that for me, presents like a negative situation for Antonio Brown. He seems focused. You know, he seems like maybe I, I don't want to say like the antics are behind him, but at some point you feel like maybe there's some maturity. I don't know if he just hid from social media and so he can't really tell, but I feel like maybe there's been a little growing up, hopefully during this whole you know episode that he had. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as from a football talent, man, I, I trust him. I trust his team. I trust his quarterback. Um, so yeah, I, I 100% have no issue with Antonio Brown in every single lineup this week at all. Yeah. Exactly, man. Tom Brady likes him. Tom Brady trusts him. He can't say that about Mike Evans. I don't think he trusts Mike Evans. <laughs> and I think Mike Evans is going to get locked up by Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. So that's happened, you know, for the past two years. Marshawn and Mike Evans hate each other. Yeah, and they, they always fight. They do. They always fight. Mike Evans gets very emotional in football games, man. Like, Bro, he <laughs> drops bagels every time he plays Marshawn. Marshawn's the only guy he actually got, like, the only player he actually plays up to is Mike Evans. And Mike <laughs> Evans plays like trash. <laughs> yeah, I don't know time. what it is. So I'd look for Antonio Brown to get the ball a lot. For sure. Antonio Brown, Gronk, yeah, probably the, the backs as well. But it's going to be a good game on Sunday night. Yeah, it should. Um, the next one, Christian McCaffrey will return and finish as a top five running back in week nine. Do you trust that or do you have trust issues, Jordan? God, top five. Wow. PPR. Our boy Christian I'm McCaffrey. I'm going to say I have trust issues. Let me ask you this. Is it purely off of do you think that the Panthers are going to take it a little slower with him and Mike Davis is going to get more work than people think? Or do you think that it's just how the game's going to unfold? Like what makes you have trust issues with Christian McCaffrey at top five? Or is it just because top five is just hard to expect for anybody? Well, the problem is I'm looking at who the five would be. And I think James Conner could be top five. I think Kamara's probably top five. You know, you probably see J.K. Dobbins have a good week. Derrick Henry, like I'm just Dalvin Cook too. It's it's top five isn't isn't going to be hard to hit because the problem is is like between five and ten he'll absolutely be there no matter what. But is he going to be in the top five? And I think it would probably take a touchdown or two because I don't see him necessarily catching like ten passes in his first game. He could. And I do think, to your original question, I think he will get a full workload, like probably 70%, 80% snap share. But I think they may have to throw the ball more downfield to get the yardage they're going to need to beat Kansas City. And so it's, do they get to the goal line? Do they run the ball? Or do they just throw it the whole time? And I don't know. I want to believe, though. Like, you have to start him, no question. Yeah. And I expect him to be an RB1. But top five is probably a little bit too rich. A little bit too rich. Unless he can somehow find the end zone twice, which I don't necessarily think it's gonna happen yeah i agree with you again on this one it is a trust issue just because the top five is you know a high expectation of course if anybody can you know belongs there it's definitely mccaffrey but like you said coming off the injury we'll see how the snap share goes we'll see how the game plays out um it just who knows right i mean this is the team who handed the bottle a fullback one time earlier in the season when uh the game was online so oh god yeah <laughs> so you never know Sweet how you never know how it'll play out but um, definitely, like you said, the most important factor is he's definitely in everyone's lineup. There's no question about it. Um, don't don't concern yourself about, I guess, where he falls, but just that he's there and he's playing and that's all that matters. He may come out like a man on fire, man. We never know. We never know. He's been missing some time, so I'm sure he misses getting back out there. Um, and he's ready. He's, you know he's waiting. Exactly. And you know they wouldn't play him. Like some people always get concerned when a guy comes back from injury. Like, is he ready? You know, is he still lingering effects? Like they 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 had no reason to rush him, right? I mean, Mike Davis was doing just nope. fine. So he's he's fully healthy. There's not a concern with that. Um, the last trust issue that I have here is something that we kind of brought up earlier, which is starting anyone in the 49ers offense tonight on Thursday night football. Trust or trust issues, man. I trusted actually and the reason why is the run game the run game is that good if you want to start Jamichael Hasty or Jarek McKinnon I think you should do it because the Packers suck against the run I don't care if they put 10 in the box I don't think they're going to stop that Niners scheme 
that scheme is meant to beat every single run defense. It doesn't matter really who you throw at them. I've never, I don't think we've seen them get stopped even once this season. So why would we expect one of the worst run Ds in the league to stop them? Even with no quarterback who honestly feels like a neutral situation to potentially even being an upgrade with Jimmy G out. It's really just the wide receivers, but the running backs, they've always produced. Hasty produced last week. McKinnon's produced every week, whether it's Mostert, Coleman, they all get it done because the scheme is that good. And so that's why I'd be starting the running backs if I have them. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, this is like, you know, sometimes people get caught up in the idea of like, oh, you know, they got a lot of injuries. Are they going to win this game? We don't, we don't need them to win the game. That's not what we're here for. We're here for them just to put up some points for our fantasy players. And so in this situation, I agree with you. I think the running backs are, you know, pretty safe. Obviously a wide receiver, which is what everyone's probably thinking about or concerned with, you know, there's Trent Taylor, you know, if you want to try that. Um, oh. But you know, other than that, like it's not really you know worthy to even think about it. But yeah, de- definitely the running backs. I'm with you, man. Like that's that's easy. But what about tight end? The backups. I would last stream. Week. I would stream Ross Dwelly. I, yeah. I legitimately would. I he's pretty good, and he's shown he can get it done when Kittle's out. So I don't. I have no problem starting him too. If you're in a pinch or you had Kittle, or you have maybe someone else who's on by this week. I can't think of exactly who's on by as far as tight ends go. But yeah, I'd be totally fine. Starting yeah. a, a tight end, starting Ross Dwelly because he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. And if he's still on waivers, right? Yeah, it's, it's and, fine. And a big thing is obviously tight ends a big part of that offense because of Kittle. So, um, you know, the team is familiar with with you know utilizing the tight end. It's not like we're asking them to do something odd or out out of the, out of place here. So, um, that's definitely a, yeah. a you know a thought. Um, all right, that's it for trust issues. I, I didn't want to. You didn't have nothing too crazy. I think it was you know fairly 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 good, fairly important. You know, the teams, the important players. So I wanted to make sure we cover those guys and trust issues. Um, we don't have Adam or Josh this week, as I mentioned. It's just me and you, Jordan. But that's not going to stop the fact that we do do not so obvious locks of the week. Um, now, last week, Adam did win with Wayne Gallman. <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, Wayne Gallman, <laughs> uh, he, he made it happen in week eight. Uh, so we're, I'll get Adam and Josh's picks. I actually don't have them today before the episode. So I'll get them for the Twitter poll. Um, I, I do want to get one from you. I'll go first since I didn't really prepare you to think of one. Um, but you know how this goes, man. You can be you can you can be kind of obvious because that's what Josh does every week. If you want to fill his role, um, or you can just go super deep, or you can play the middle of the field. However you want to do it. What I'll do is, um, I'm taking Henry Ruggs, right? Obviously, I'm a Raider fan. The Raider bias. This is where Adam and, and Josh will get their jokes off. Um, but but the thing is, I like him versus the Chargers. Now you may say the Chargers aren't exactly like a bad defense. They're not horrible in the secondary, but they are known to give up some big plays, Jordan. They give up some big plays. Yes, sir. And the thing for me with Henry Ruggs is, and I and I and I and I stress these things every single week, that I like players with big playability who I know in one play have the ability to give me 50 yards and a touchdown. And Henry Ruggs is that guy. So my thing with not so obvious lock of the week is if I can get Henry Ruggs to get one big touchdown, I may win this thing, first of all. So I'm good with that. Second of all, the Raiders aren't going to win this game, I don't think, just running the ball. I mean, it's possible, but, you know, Herbert's been going crazy. Um, you know, so I, I feel like they're going to keep continuing to figure out ways to get Ruggs in, involved in the game. They haven't done it, like, at a great level so far, but I feel like they do feel the pressure of, you know, getting him more creatively involved. So that's a nice bonus if they do target him more. Um, but I feel comfortable beating the field here and uh, the picks that you guys make for not so obvious lock of the week with, with 50 yards and a touchdown on a bomb with Henry Ruggs. Um, and I feel like the Chargers are definitely susceptible to that. Um, so that's my my not so obvious lock of the week for week nine. Henry Ruggs, Oakland Ra- uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I still say Oakland sometimes. Uh, it's in my blood. What can I say? Um, but do you have anyone you know in this quick moment here that I gave you um, like I said, you could go a little more obvious. That's the Adams. I mean, that's Josh's way of playing this game. Um, you could stay in the Henry Ruggs area. You can go super deep, but you could just go a guy that you you know you love a lot this week. Um, but do you have anyone for not so obvious lock of the week, Jordan? So I got one guy who I feel good about, and then I'll give two that I'm kind of iffy about. Okay. So the first guy that I feel good about is Patriots running back Damian Harris. Nice. Um, even though he hasn't really done a whole lot, I feel like people aren't really on him this week. But he's playing the Jets, and I think it's just going to be the Patriots running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. So he may see 15, 20, 25 carries in this offense against a really bad Jets defense. And I still feel like people aren't starting him, though. Like, they don't – they see the stink on the Patriots. They saw how bad they played this past week. But he's still a decent running back. He's still probably going to get a lot of carries, and he's playing against a bad defense. Why aren't you starting that guy? Right. So I would be starting Damian Harris if you got him, if you're kind of in a pinch for running back, because running back is it's not good right now. It's people are hurt. People are coming back. There's bye weeks. 
I think he's probably an RB2, and he honestly probably does have RB1 upside with a touchdown if he gets over 100 and scores a touchdown. The two guys I want to mention are Preston Williams, the wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, because they're, he's going to go against Drake Patrick, the guy who got torched by Tyler Lockett two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you look at Devontae Parker is going to take Patrick Peterson. He probably won't be using the offense, but you have 6'5", Preston Williams on the outside up against Drake Patrick all day long. Two is going to be throwing to him probably 10 to 15 times this week against Arizona because they're going to be in a shootout if Miami can keep up. The other guy I want to mention in that game against the Raiders is Jalen Guyton, um, the wide receiver for the Chargers, because Herbert's been hitting him for bombs. I think he's hit him for bombs already twice this season. The Raiders are susceptible to take those long touchdowns because their secondary doesn't always pick them up. And I could see another bomb to Guyton this week um, as Herbert tries to air it out to beat the Raiders. I'll do my Raiders like that, man. Do my Raiders like that. I guess we can give up one big touchdown and still win. It's all right. It's all right. I'll let it happen. Yeah, man. It's, it's just, <laughs> you know, one 16-point touchdown to Guyton. That's no problem. <laughs> let it happen. We'll let it slide. But you did mention yeah. Tua, which is interesting. He plays Kyler this week, man. Do you think it's going to be a, a better showing this week for them two guys? I don't know. I, I It's tough. You know, we're going to see what happens with Car- or with uh, the Cardinals. But I don't. Tua didn't look that good. And while the Arizona defense is beatable, I just like Preston because I think he's going to see a lot of volume. Yeah. Not necessarily that I think Tua is going to throw for like 300 yards. I think they're going to need it, though. Right. So we may see Tua throw 40 times. What the success rate of those 40 throws is going to be, I'm not too sure. But I think he's going to target Preston a lot because that's the formula right now. Even though Arizona's coming off their bye where they just got exposed, I do think that it's going to be Miami's going to see that and they're going to target that a lot this week. But other than that, I don't know, man. We might see some Gasicki. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Parker with Patrick Peterson taking him out of the game a little bit. But Tua's, I love Tua, but it may be a bit of a mystery. He may only throw for 50%, but he may throw 40, 50 times to try and stay in this game because. Unless that Miami defense is legit, as we saw last week, Arizona should move the ball just like they did previous weeks and just roll. Yeah. By the way, Jordan Howard might play this week because of Ugh. the injuries. Old faithful, man. Jordan Howard, man. Might get, Disgusting, a, man. Might get some work. Goal line back. <laughs> might get some work. Um, all right. So, like I said, you got Damian Harris. I got Henry Ruggs. Well, I'll see who Josh and Adam have. I'll make sure I get it up on Twitter later today, and, and we'll see where the you know the, the the people feel, man. We'll see who they who they who they lean on here, who they go with. Um, it's funny that you say Damian Harris though, because we we do have our segment here. Can he do that again? And Damian Harris happens to be the first one I have lined up here for us. Um, so Damian Harris, as you mentioned, had 100 yards and a touchdown in Week Eight. So Jordan, according to you know who you picked here for not so obvious lock of the week, I feel you obviously feel really good about him, but can he do that again? Hell yeah, he can do it again. Come on, man. Of course. We're talking about the Jets here, man. The Jets are terrible. They're the worst team in the NFL until, although I will say, I will say, what if Bill decides he doesn't want to win this game? Then all of a sudden the Jets have a one win. Oh, man. And then the Patriots just coast to the end of the season. No, they don't win any games. And who do they play week 17? They play the Jets again. So if you were to tank this game, and tank the rest of the season, and tank week 17, they would lose. They would be the losers to the Jets in head-to-head. That is a fact. And they would be in last place in the AFC East. I'm telling you, man, yeah, there's, there's, just, some, there's some shit going it's on not cra- here. It's not, it's not Bill's cra- not stupid. Yeah, it's not, it's not the craziest Bill's thing in the world. Bill's not stupid. These conspiracies are real, man. They're real. But Damian Harris, not so obvious lock of the week, and yes, he can do it again. I love it. Um, the next one, Corey Davis outproduced A.J. Brown in a big way last week. Can he do that again, Jordan? Can he do that again? Hmm. Can he outproduce AJ Brown? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I was looking at Corey Davis's splits. They are exceptional with AJ Brown in the lineup, but I don't think he's gonna outproduce AJ Brown because uh, AJ Brown's a machine. He's a touchdown monster. Um, they're gonna need him a lot against the Bears this week. And I think that the Bears' corners are good enough to stop Corey Davis, but they're not good enough to stop A.J. Brown. So I would I would roll with A.J. Brown and say he can't beat A.J. Brown, but I do like him this week. Right, yeah. Can we at least give like Corey Davis a round of applause here for having a Devontae Parker-like revival? Wide receiver 14 in points per game. It's He's fair. Been fucking good. Like, it's fair. Really man. good. It's a fair point, man. Even injured and everything, yeah, he's really still up good. there. Um, so, again, I know that when Devontae Parker – 
was having his revival of sorts. No one wanted to believe it. No one wanted to see it happening. Just it was breaking the system that everyone has in their mind. And Corey Davis, I feel, is along those same same lines, like where he's breaking that mold, that you know, that that algorithm that that guys have in mind. And here he is doing it. So I hope he continues to do it, man. It's awesome when we see guys, you know, get to live up to their potential, even if it's two, three, four seasons in that it's happening. You know, so it's a good it's a good thing to see. So I feel like everyone should be happy about it, <laughs> even if it breaks the mold that, you, yeah, man. you know, you think is supposed no, to be. No, like this dude was like a first round pick. I think he was even a top five or six pick. So for him to just not be good sucks. Like that sucks for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Especially, and so I think he just found his role in the like in the Titans offense and he can finally thrive. And it's because A.J. Brown takes so much tension away from him. Yep. And, and and if that is the case, right, if it is just everyone getting better around him and including himself, it's again, it goes to it lends to that point of, you know, the rising tide, right? Lifting everybody. Um, yeah. If the, and that's OK. You know, what I mean, that's OK if that's the why you got better, you know, like everybody else, a better guy around you. Like, that's fine. That's how this works a lot of times in life. So, um, yeah. So big shout out to Corey Davis. Uh, the next one, McCole Hartman finishes a top 10 wide receiver in PPR in week eight. Can he do that again, Jordan? Hell yeah, he can do it again. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I don't know if he's gonna do it. But hell yeah, he can do it again. Like this guy, if you don't, if you don't actually like take in how good Miko Harmon is, I don't know if you even watch football because he's just he's so good. Like he's probably one of the, and I honestly, I don't know if it's crazy to say, I think he's more of a house call than Tyreek Hill is. Is that crazy? I mean, it might be crazy. <laughs> It might be crazy, but I don't, there's some, there's something about Miko Hartman. I'm just like Tyree kill. He's kind of, he's kind of chilling now. He's not doing the reverses as much. He's Miko Hartman's taking all that work and he's, but he's showing out. He's looking real good. He is. And I, I don't know, man. I think, I think Miko Hartman might be the, like the house call in the NFL. And we're talking about all, all ties raising the boats or whatever the saying goes <laughs> as I butcher it, <laughs> but that's the chiefs, man. That's what the chiefs do. They bring in talented playmakers and everyone gets better and everyone has more opportunity and everyone is more open because all these guys stretch the field. Miko Harmon's a benefactor of that. And the Panthers stink, man. They're terrible. Yeah. Why can't Miko Harmon go off for two touchdowns and two long touchdowns at that? Exactly. You know, the funny thing is too, when you look at the game log for him, it's like when you give him targets, he produces. And when you don't, he doesn't like, what do you expect? Right? Like that's how this works. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, life. sure. Again, he can make, you know, he's, you know, in that caliber where he can make one big play and that'd be it for the game. And it's good. But in games where he's gotten, you know, six targets, nine targets, like as they continue to climb, he makes more plays, more opportunities. Right. And he scores you know, in, in those games. So it's like Michael Harmon is really good, man. And he's one of those guys. I had put a list out um, during the offseason where I had five guys I was buying in Dynasty. He was one of wide receivers I was buying. Dynasty. He was one of them. him, Josh Reynolds, um, Hunter Renfro, uh, Darius Slayton, like all these guys were on that list. And it, you know, it's good to see him get those opportunities. Obviously, I wish it was more consistent, but it's just that's yeah. just the way it works in, in KC. You know, you can't always, you know, get all the love, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that you're with me there, man. That you uh that offense is just getting started, man. I, I think they still got a lot of room to grow, but Hardman being more involved is gonna make them better, as we saw last week. For sure. All right, cool. The last one for Can You Do That Again is actually someone again, it's kind of a situation that we brought up earlier in the show due to the injuries and everything. But with Ingram out. Dobbins and Edwards finished inside the top 20, both of them. Can they do that again? I think Dobbins can. I don't think Edwards can. Oh, the Colts still us? have, I believe, a top four defense in the NFL. And I think that Edwards is going to be the guy who's going to get stifled in the run game where Dobbins can still catch passes out of the backfield. So I think he could easily be a top 20, top 16 guy even. It just depends on will they score. Edwards is probably more likely to score, but I think he may only see like 50 yards rushing. So that's my only concern with him. Where Dobbins, I'm I'm more than I'm more than happy to see him probably catch three or four passes for 30, 40 yards, and then only rush for 40 or 50 yards and still have a decent week and a good shot of the touchdown. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So so you're more you're more okay with JK Dobbins because of the pass game. Um, yes, which sir. is available to him. Obviously, they, they both ran well last week, though. They both had like 15, 16, somewhere under 20 attempts each, but they both had, you know, good yardage. Of course, Gus scored the touchdown, you know, rushing. Um, like you said, he's more the the, the, the touchdown guy there. But, man, this th- these guys are fun. Like, Mark Ingram has just not done it this year. So it didn't seem like they were – at least they weren't, you know, swaying away from him like we wanted him to. And now with, with him out, it's kind of like it's being forced, which is – not that it's good. We don't want no one hurt. But it is good in terms of, you know, seeing the guys that we thought, 
you know, could really perform well having that chance to do it. And it sucks that injuries was the way it was forced to happen. But, um, man, these guys are – they're pulling it together even – Good to w- see these guys get their shot, man. It's, yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down they, to. And they've earned it, you know. Like, I think it was – I heard the stat that Mark Ingram's like the worst at forcing tackles in the league, like on a per-average basis. And Dobbins is number one. Mm. So, it's just kind of like give the guy his shot. And, yeah, you're right. It sucks it came to injury. But now – the now the Ravens have to make a choice. Are they going to roll with Ingram, their vet, or are they going to actually give Dobbins more work like he's probably deserves? Yeah, and Gus Edwards is one of those guys, man, where I'm like, if he was somewhere else with, you know, less competition, like, how, how would Gus Edwards do in Miami right now with Gaskins out or, you know, something like that? Like, if he had the better – if he had another opportunity with more, you know, consistency, he's an interesting guy because it does seem like whenever he gets a chance, he does perform well. Um, So it's just one of those situations. Do you think he's a system guy, though? I don't know. Do you think man. he's a system guy? I don't know. I, I see that the problem is he was a free agent, but he came back, and I think he's smart enough to know he's a bit of a system guy <laughs> and he fits the system really well. That's man, that's business. That's just being a smart that individual. Is. If you're a system guy, you know you're a system guy. That is, you know, roll roll where you can get your six seven hundred yards and and look good. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. If that's the case, if he's a self proclaimed system guy, I'm not mad at it. I won't, I won't, I won't put that label on him. But if he wants to put it on himself, I'll take it. <laughs> but speaking of system guys, it's just funny that you actually say that. You keep helping me with the transitions here, man. This is pretty good. This is pretty good stuff. So foul or no foul, which is you know the segment where I'm going to throw some some statements at you, some situations, and just you know see how how you feel about them. If you agree with what I'm saying, then there's no foul. But if you think there's something wrong with what I'm saying, there's a foul. And the first one I have is actually about a guy who was a quote unquote system quarterback. Uh, to, to to many, and so I'm curious what you think here. Tom Brady isn't a system quarterback, and he should be given more credit for the Patriots dynasty than we previously thought. Foul or no foul, Jordan? I think that is foul. And you may not agree with me, but here's what here's what I will say. I do think that Brady is a system quarterback, and I do think he is molding the offense right now to fit his style of play. Bruce Arians, if it was up to him, I don't think he'd be throwing so much to Scotty Miller and to Gronk. He'd be throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin if he was healthy or Justin Watson or Tyler Johnson. I think Brady is, he's Tom Brady, like Peyton Manning. They do whatever the hell they want. They don't care what their coach says. As long as they're winning games, they're going to do whatever helps them win. And from that standpoint, while I do think that Brady is a very smart, very intelligent quarterback, I do think he's a bit like... If you threw him into a system that was different, I'm not saying he would be bad, but he wouldn't be as good as he is. He knows what works for him, and he's doing that in Tampa. They're not like they're not really running a Bruce Arian system because now they're throwing to tight ends and all this stuff. Bruce Arians doesn't throw to tight ends, right? So, I still think he is a system quarterback, and he does what works for him. You know, he throws to the backs, he throws it short, he he does what works for him, kind of like what Drew Brees does, honestly. But you're not really seeing him air it out as much. He still will from time to time, but I, I still think he is like, he has his system. And if you try to throw him in something else, he wouldn't be as successful. So, so that brings like an inter- interesting discussion for me because you kind of throw a twist in there when you say that he's a system quarterback, because we, we, then we, then we look at the idea that he can bring his system anywhere and still flourish. Um, which is interesting because I feel like when we say guys are system players that we're kind of knocking them a little bit, like we're taking away from like their ability. But if you can bring the system with them, then they're still special, right? Sort of. So what I, <laughs> I give you a perfect comparison, in my opinion, is Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is the perfect example of this. But Nick Foles doesn't have the cachet to bring a system. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if he brought Doug Peterson's system to wherever he was, he'd probably be pretty good. But – Brady's the only guy who can tell a coach to go fuck himself and I'm going to run the <laughs> offense this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and and it, it's a system quarterback like Jimmy G's a system quarterback and the Niners system worked for him perfectly because he doesn't have to throw the ball more than five yards. Mm-hmm. So it's it, I do think that system quarterback is like a, a misnomer for certain guys. But I do think Brady definitely has like an archetype to success. And when he can't do that, we've seen him lose games. Yeah. So. I don't know, but he's old too. Like I, I'm not trying to say that he like he's old, man. Like, but he's still pretty good, and he's definitely catching his stride. But you know, he's bringing his guys to the offense that he likes, the Gronks. Now he's bringing AB. Like he doesn't throw to Mike Evans because Mike Evans is trash, and he doesn't like him. He only he likes to throw to Chris Godwin. He likes to throw his 
to his little slot white white wide receiver. Likes to throw <laughs> to the running backs. Like I I don't see how this is any different than the what he did on the Patriots. Like it's kind of just the same system. And he's just beginning of the year they sucked and they were losing. And he was like, okay, Bruce, it's time for me to implement my system. And now they're winning. <laughs> All right, man. If you if you feel he's still a system quarterback, I think it's up for debate. I think it is interesting that. You know, you mentioned that he he has earned the right to take his system with him and make the offense convert to it, um, which is an interesting point because no other quarterbacks really, not a lot of quarterbacks have that um, opportunity. Um, so it's an interesting debate. But I, th- I think it is worthy of discussion at this point because I, I will admit that I, for one, thought that when he came here, like, I'm sure he had these great weapons. I'm sure he had a great coach. But I was just like, man, I don't know. Like, is there going to be a drop off here? Is there not? Um, and he's definitely, you know, passed what I thought he was going to do. So, um, you know, kudos to him. I want to give him credit. I'm just curious, you know, if that system quarterback conversation changes a little bit. I mean, but Bill is struggling, man. He's we'll struggling. see what happens this week, bro. We're so, well, well, come on. Are you man. telling me like, it's by default? He to... wants to struggle? Bro, I wish. <laughs> I wish he wanted to struggle. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to see as much as I, I like Cam Newton, the person. I didn't want to see him sign with the Pats. I'm pretty sure I said that on this podcast. I want them to lose every you single game. You actually did say Trevor that on this Lawrence. podcast. You did say yeah. that on this podcast. It's no disrespect to Cam Newton, but. I'm kind of happy that he's not very good because I want them to lose games. Like they probably not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but they get Justin Fields. That would be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. That's that's Cam Newton, except he's 22. Oh man, when you, <laughs> so, said, when, you when you said that on the podcast, I was like blasphemy. And yeah, but it it's it's coming to fruition, man. Because the and you look at even all the guys that were sitting out, they shouldn't be good. Yeah, from, you know, from, from unless the we're going to say Nikhil Harry is the next big thing, and he's not. He's not at all. So, you know, no disrespect to Tom. I, I like Tom. He's he's a good guy. But if he can't win this week, he's probably a system quarterback. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Um, and the next one I have here, uh, Justin Herbert is a top five dynasty quarterback moving forward. Now, let me let me mention that the last two weeks he has finished in the top five at quarterback. Foul or no foul, Jordan. He is a top five dynasty quarterback moving forward. I think that's foul. I can't do it, man. That's 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 extremely high. Like that I is. think to be top five, you got to have a, like two years plus of really good production. And when you think about just running off the list, I'll give you actually. Let me come back to you on one thing: Is Lamar Jackson a top five dynasty quarterback? That's a really good question because when I was putting the list together, I was looking at it and I was like, all right, we got Mahomes, we got Wilson, we got you know Burrow's yep. looking pretty good. Um, Josh Watson Allen, some might put Josh there. Allen in. Right. Mm-hmm. What about what about Dak? Is he out now? Dak because of the injuries. I no. I still think Dak. You have to have him in top five. And Kyler Murray is the other one. So I mean, there's yeah. guys there, you know, who are really and good. Maybe even Aaron Rodgers. You know, like Aaron Rodgers has earned his respect back. He was being drafted really late this season, but no one's talking shit about him now. No. Well, but for dynasty though. Would you still still still, you know, he's it, the thing is people look so long term for dynasty. They do. They but, do. you know, like, why aren't you trying to just win in the first right. two or three years? <laughs> right. I get wanting to get the young guy, but, you know, it's Rogers still he's killing it this year. People look yeah. stupid for not drafting him. Yeah. So if top five is too high for us, where where do you feel comfortable just right now off the small window that we've seen from him? Well, we know it. All we know of right now. How, how where do you put him is he is it 15 top 15 is it top 10 no top 20 i'd put him definitely in the top 10 okay so the issue for me is i actually well honestly prefer him over josh allen um okay josh allen is just he had that hot start that was cool but now look at him he kind of sucks mm-hmm. so <laughs> even though the rushing upside is there herbert just looks like a like he looks like a quarterback and and so i think for me it's where would i put him in burrow and I think right now I'd still put Burrow ahead of him. But damn, they both look good. Like, they both look really good. Yeah. It's just, you know, the volume's a bit on Burrow's side. The offense needs to get a little bit better, which will help Burrow throw more touchdowns. Like, I think there's a bit more upside with Burrow right now. But, man, does Herbert look fucking amazing. Like, he looks like the best quarterback in the class by a mile. For Burrow's sure. Burrow's great. But, yeah, man, Herbert, for what you expected of him versus what he's doing, and obviously, that's more from a fantasy standpoint because the fantasy community didn't like him as much as the draft community did in some respects. And he got drafted so high. But damn, he looks good. Like, way better than I thought he would. And he's yeah. still got tons of weapons. It's not quite top five, but I'd say he's solidified top 10 for sure. 
Okay, and, and we've seen him and, like you said, Burrow in their rookie seasons have some really big and, you know, really good games, really amazing games where you're like, well, this guy is special. Oh, yeah. Will we see those from Tua, you think, with the rest of the season left? Any of those? I don't know. Maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's nervous a little bit, and he's yeah. not really sure what to do. And I, I, I don't blame him, to be honest. It's it's hard to just come in, and, and not everyone's ready for that. But Tua, man, like Tua's a baller. He's got the highest passer rating in college football history for a reason. Right. You know, he's he's super talented. Um, but he did look skittish in the first game. He didn't look that great. And hopefully he improves and hits his stride. But definitely, you know, I want to see him play down 10 points, down 15 yeah. points. Like we've seen from Herbert, you know, where he's dueling with Tom Brady and dueling with Drew Brees. Like that's impressive. You know, that's that's no slouch. Even yeah. though he lost some of those games, he's he's really dueling with these guys and really going at it. Yeah, and his situation is obviously different from theirs, right? I mean, he was injured with a major injury. He's coming into a yeah. team who actually has a backup quarterback who actually was doing pretty damn well. Um, so, and it was just kind of unexpected when he got start, you know, put in the starting spot. So, like, yeah, he's got a totally different, you know, welcome into the NFL than the other two guys have. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But hopefully, I just hope that he has some flash moments so like he has something to feel, you know, feel good on and build on. Um, yeah, build on for sure. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. The last foul or no foul that I have was uh, not football related at all man but uh oregon voted to decriminalize all drugs jordan all of them and uh when we look back in three years it will have been a success foul or no foul i think that's foul it's i get it in some ways but man like the list of drugs they're decriminalizing is just it's insane (laughs) you know other countries have done this too other countries have tried this um but the question is does it work like I don't see how that doesn't get like the next time they, they vote on that. It has to get wiped and it's repealed. I believe is the word or whatever the hell it is. I forget my politic li- lingo is not good, but it's all right. You gotta I think that has that. to be right. foul. Yeah. I'm, like that's, I understand decriminalizing marijuana. Even if you want to go up to like cocaine, which is still <laughs> an amphetamine. Um, but I think amphetamines have to be regulated and have to be like, because part of it too is the dollars involved. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can make a lot of money selling weed, but like you make a lot of more money selling heroin or selling morphine or selling right. codeine. So I don't know. It's just it's not it doesn't seem like a good idea. But, you know, maybe they just want people to be able to do whatever the hell they want with their drugs. And that's cool, I guess, if you live in Oregon, because what else <laughs> did it do there other than watch the Ducks play? I did see yeah. um, I was looking at an article here and it said, I guess, Portugal was one of these countries that kind of did something similar. And they were saying that, like, the you know, the focus isn't necessarily, you know, the decriminalization itself. It's like all the services and th- things that come up around this because of it. Um, and here at the end of this article, I was reading, it says it was the combination of the law and these services that made it a success. It's very difficult to find people in Portugal who disagree with the model. So it's, it's interesting, man. I, I think it's funny where, you know, where I just think it's a, a big, a good topic to bring up. because I just feel like, you know, like you said, with marijuana and stuff being one of those things where it's like, you know, people don't even want to, um, you know, decriminalize that. And you got a state here that decriminalizes everything. So I just I think it's funny to see how it all plays out separately, you know? Yeah. Um, no, it's cool, man. Because like if it's gonna if it's gonna make an influx influx of methadone clinics and rehab clinics for people and and the state feels like it has a legitimate problem and they feel that's the way to fix it, then you know, maybe it's worth a shot. And exactly. it's just but on the surface doesn't sound good but to my point i'm not an expert on Oregon, so i don't know what the (laughs) hell goes on there and maybe they need it maybe they need more some sort of you know thing to help build infrastructure in that area um as far as drugs and rehabbing and all that stuff goes for people yeah i always think it's good to have like a case study and i feel like you know you gave us a chance now to see how one place handles it you know and if it can be done that's kind of what happened with marijuana you know yeah for sure you know so we'll, we'll see how it plays out and if it could actually be a success but uh I just thought it was an interesting topic before we close the episode out here. Um, now, you know, we do we do finish the show with show and tell, Jordan. Um, show and tell, you know, we try to relive those elementary school days where you got to bring in a toy or something cool and show your friends, you know. But here we do a little differently. You got to bring a toy. Uh, well, you know, any product, podcast, music, books, philosophy, advice, whatever. For an instance, I'll start this off. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a mentality today rather than an actual object or a podcast or anything like that. Um, I just want to, you know, because I always have to remind myself, and I just want to, I always like when I'm reminding myself about things, hey, why don't I share this with people who may want to be reminded too? And that's just to make sure, whoever you are listening right now, to make sure you're doing what you love, right? Like life feels like it's long sometimes, but 
it can be gone in a blink. And opportunities definitely are gone in a blink many times in most cases. So like you absolutely need to follow whatever you feel that will be 100% fulfilling. Um, and you have to take those risks. You have to gamble. You can't half-ass you know, in your pursuit of these things. I just feel like it's important that you don't hold it off until the right time or till Mars aligns with the moons and Saturn. Like, fuck all that. Like, go make shit happen right now. So if someone's listening right now and they just need that extra push, they need someone to tell them to go do it. I hope this I hope this strikes somebody. I know it works for me whenever I think about it. But go make yourself happy. Don't let no one stop you from controlling that. Don't let nothing else, someone else's mentality or decisions or what they think about you stop you from doing it. Go live a life without regrets. And that's it, Jordan. That's all I got for today for yeah. show and tell, man. I I love that, man. And I think to build on that, I think there's a lot of people who want to be happy but don't know how to make themselves happy. And one quick tip I'll give all the listeners is like, think about what you do that makes you lose track of time. And I think that whatever you do, whether it's writing, podcasting, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's meditating, maybe it's whatever, whatever it is that you can do it, put your phone down, ignore the outside world. That is what you're truly passionate about because that's what your brain is saying. I'm willing to be laser focused on this task to the point where you don't even consider what's going on around you. And you get immersed and lost in this in that moment or in that task that you're doing. And I think that's one of the signs of like true passion in life. That's a good tip. I never thought about that. Yeah. So that's why these conversations so, are good to have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my thing that I want to talk about, um, and it's honestly mainly because I, I've been loving this album. It's the Amanda Tapes by They. I don't know, Neil, if you listen to it. I have not. But... Bro, it is so good. Like these guys, most albums now are way too long. They're like 20 minutes or it's like 20 songs, like hour and a half. Like I don't have time for that. Just go listen to The Amanda Tapes by They. That's the group. It is fire. It's like just super like soulful, calming music. They talk about all different kinds of stuff. It's kind of moody, but in a but kind of poppy as well. It's it's really good though. I'd highly suggest everyone out there. I know that you and I talk about music a lot. Yeah. Um, but the Amanda Tapes by They is a fire album. I just it's, pulled it's I just really, pulled really it up. good. I just pulled it up so I don't forget now. Now if you to kind of give me a place like who who would you can you compare this to anybody? The vibe? Honestly, man, this? I can't. Like I they're kind of like they remind me a bit of like division a little bit. Okay. Um but even still, like they they're they are kind of just like unique in the way they approach things like their first album, which I've just kind of got into a little bit, not as much as this one is a little bit different. It's a little more soulful, a little bit more R&B. This one has like some pop elements to it that kind of makes it a bit not, not more mainstream, but in some ways for sure. But it's just I don't know, man. I just love it. Like, I just love the album from top to bottom. It's so, so good. Easy listen. You can just listen to it in like probably 45 minutes to an hour. And that time will just like fly by. It's just all the songs blend and merge together in a way that's just really creative and really well done. That's dope. I got it up now, so I'm going to make sure I get to it. Uh, yeah, man, there's something yeah. about albums. Like, I don't want to say it's like a lost art right now, but like, you know how singles kind of drive everything right now. And that's just the yeah. way it is with music streaming and everything. But there is something about like albums that come out where like the whole thing is this complete, you know, piece of brilliant art. Like there's certain they just give you a certain feeling. Like I still can remember like when the weekend dropped House of Balloons. Like that was something for me. I was yep. like, man, this is That's crazy. One of them. You know, like the vibe it gives you, like it puts you in a different mindset. Like you weren't even ready for it. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. And there's just certain artists that can capture that. And even in, like I said, in today's industry where it's not necessarily always the goal for a lot of artists, you know, to even go that Most way. Most artists but, they don't try to do that. Yeah. It's it's kind of annoying, man. Like people don't want to put out complete albums. And like actually another podcast, if any of you guys are into music and want to listen to it, it's uh the Etceteras. It's KD's podcast. Uh-huh. And he had um 40, like Drake's Drake's yeah. engineer on it. And he talks about that. How he hates how Drake puts out like 20 song albums. <laughs> and he wants Drake to put out like a 10 song album, but he never like he won't do it. And he gives all the reasons why. It's actually really cool. It's it was surprisingly really, really good, like a really good conversation. And me being from Toronto, I kind of like feel for it a bit more. Um, because I kind of understand the culture and where right. they came from a little bit more. But definitely, like if that's something you're into, you're into Drake, I would check that out. It's called the Etceteras. Um, it's KD's podcast, and he talks to a few different people. Like he had um he had Kyrie on there for the first episode. But yeah, it was it's a really cool podcast. I would definitely I definitely say it's worth checking out. 
um, as another thing you could check out. But that's really <laughs> cool if you're into music and engineering and all that stuff because he talks about a lot of cool shit. Yeah, definitely gotta check that out. And then, don't no, you got a new little podcast, man? New little uh, yeah, I I, I do little... I I do have a little podcast. Um, you know, I'm trying to keep it organic in in the way it grows, and and so I appreciate you bringing it up and and all of that. And uh, if you listen, thank you so much for listening. It's it's just something kind of like a passion project for me. If you allow me my tangent to go on for a minute, um, it's just a way that like to motivate people. I think that there's a lot of people who need motivation, but I think that it's really difficult for some people to listen to somebody who's already successful. And so I'd say, well, what if you listen to someone who wasn't successful and still trying to figure it out like you are? That's kind of where like I fit in and. I can see it from the standpoint of someone saying, well, why would I listen to you when you're nothing? Right. I'd be like, because I'm more relatable to you than anyone who's successful is. Yeah. If you're still trying to find your passion, trying to find what your like your calling is and talking about what you love, doing the things that you love. I talk about that a lot. I most recent episode I did, I was talking about dreams. Mm-hmm. Like what are my dreams? What are people's dreams? And how do you go about achieving those things and the things that I'm going through right now, trying to achieve my dreams? That's more relatable than someone who said 10 years ago they were really sad and down and they kind of just figured out how to become a multi-platinum record producer it's like you know like like yeah you probably were struggling and yeah it was probably hard but i do feel like a lot of those stories are glorified yeah because they aren't they aren't talking about their actual feelings in the moment and so for me um that's why i call it what did i call it i it was (laughs) Man, oh, it's called Real Life. Man, how did I even forget that? <laughs> but I call it the Real Life. I call it the Real Life podcast because it's about like my real life and my real thoughts in the moment, not just how I feel five years from now when I'm finally successful and I finally made it in my given industry. Um, so I think there's something to be taken from that, and and I'm really also getting into like documenting my journey and my process through my growth in all the areas of life, and so I'm trying to encourage people to try and do the same with uh, their own passions like we talked about at the end of this podcast like you were sharing yeah yeah it's important like i mean first of all when i said little too i didn't mean like in a, in a bad way i meant like a little secret that you're no to man low key over it, there. it is it is super low key <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not trying to because i'm in the fantasy space i'm not trying to use that to leverage right. new followers i don't want it to be like that if people want to listen like i'll maybe tweet it out here or there but i don't want it to be like Oh yeah, listen to Jordan's podcast. It's so dope. Like even if they don't listen, I want it to be like organic and if you want to listen, check it out. If not, then totally cool. And I mentioned that like I believe that you should try and support others, but if people don't support me, I'm not going to like be upset about that. Like they got their own shit going on. Maybe they're not into it. Maybe it's not their thing, but for me, I just want to help one person, two people, three people, however many people that want to listen and I can help. That's who I'm there for. I'm not there yeah. to become famous off podcasting. That's right. and even for you, I'm sure you feel that a little bit too. You know, you're a bit of a smaller podcast. You want to get bigger, but you're just here to help whoever is willing to listen and willing to hear your story and your voice. Yeah, for sure. And and even like, you know, kind of to your point when you mentioned like, you know, document your journey, you know, Gary Vee talks about that too. And it's one of those things also where you say like, you know, you're talking about, you're talking from a perspective of not being famous or not being, you know, super successful. And that's, that is one of those points when people do listen to podcasts from people who are super, super successful, you know, when they say stuff like, you know, just quit your job if you don't like it, or, you know, save all your money and, you know, you know, live in a small house or a little, a little bit, one bedroom. Like when, when they say that and they're who they are, people always love their, their comeback is always, well, you know, you could, it's easy for you to say, you know, so, yeah, when, so glor- when someone like you right? or me who says that, it's, it makes more of an impact because it's not easy for us to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't like it's still your podcast, but I, I'm and I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't pursue your dreams. Right. But definitely, you know, it has to be calculated and there has to be steps taken to get there. And that's kind of like what I was going over in some of the things that I talk about. But definitely, yeah, you know, like chase your passions um, as much as you can. If if you can do what you love, you're going to be far better off then you will be just having a lot of money. But I do think there's a balance and a transition that has to take place throughout everyone's life to finally get there, you know? Yeah. It's rare you kind of just stumble into your passion and become super successful. It's like, it's very, very rare. But like you were saying, it's so easy to hear that from someone who's done it and been through it. And But people still gravitate to that. They gravitate to those stories of people who were in a one-bedroom department and now they're a millionaire. It's like, that's a three-year process and you don't know what they went through you don't know if they almost went bankrupt three times you don't know how many loans they applied for you don't know anything really you just know what they tell you and i try to be authentic in what i tell people and maybe i don't tell them the full story but 
at least for me, I feel like I'm telling them more about my life than someone else who's already famous is telling them about theirs and what they went through. For sure. You yeah. And, and if you look back with artists too, like I've seen Ipsy Hustle, you know, rest in peace. But when he was alive, someone, you know, said to him, like, what separates you from people who are not successful? And he said, basically, I just didn't stop. That's it. Like, that's the only thing yeah. that separates me. Or even though Russ is another artist, he said, I, I released a song a day for like nine years straight. Like nine years straight, yeah. nobody knew 100 downloads, 100 downloads, 100 downloads. And then just one day it clicks, one day it works, one day the right person hears you, whatever it is. Like, and that's just really, it is just about not stopping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Obviously, you got to be yeah. good at it, but, you know, not stopping is a, is basically, you know, that persistence, it pays off. And right now, you know, Jordan, there's people listening, like, hey, I came here for fancy football. And guess what? We don't give a fuck because that's what we do here. <laughs> Clock Dodgers, man, we try to, we do things a little differently. There, You know, there's podcasts for just straight up other stuff, but we do things a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah man i appreciate you for doing that man like for making that podcast and not you know i, I appreciate you bringing it up man yeah because i'm big on people not staying in their lane not i hate that i hate that line like stay in your lane like shut yeah. the fuck up there's no lane man like i hate when people yeah. say that so yeah i'm big on that and you know even with this podcast like this podcast has like changed over the years but like i've had you know episodes where early on it was like i was interviewing a real estate agent or you know a movie director or this or an actress like that's what i was doing early on with in the mix of the fancy stuff and then i kind of stopped and went straight fantasy with it um and i and who knows maybe i'll bring those back or maybe i'll start a second feed like you um because you know there's more than just fancy football in life so uh it's nice to yeah. bring those things back and that's and, what i'm trying to separate it right there's yeah there's no need for more fantasy football right like that's great <laughs> i like it like i actually love it but there's, there's no need for that there's, right there's you could say there's not a need for this but if people who listen to fantasy listen to my podcast i would say you know then maybe there's something that you haven't exp- experienced or you haven't explored because this isn't a realm of the world or or of your mindset that you've really gone into and you know i sound a little preachy maybe i am a little <laughs> bit but I'm just trying to help people at the end of the day. Just trying to be genuine and tell my story and hope that it helps other people. For sure. That's, which is what it comes down to. For sure. And if it does, and if anyone's looking for that stuff, go check out Jordan's um, page. Or you can, you can find it. What is, what is it called? My Life? Real Life? It's it's the, re- the Real Life Podcast. The it's on life. Spotify. It should be on Apple soon. I forgot to apply for it. <laughs> or I thought I did and it didn't work. So whatever. Right. I'll probably tweet it out. Follow me on Twitter at your boy J Rich. Um, if you want to hear more about that, I'll probably tweet it that one time once it's on Apple. And then that'll be like pretty much it as far as promo goes but definitely you know check it out it's on spotify i think it's on a lot of other networks and stuff but definitely on spotify you can check it out um you can always go to my twitter too it's in my feed as well because i tweeted out it a couple times um but yeah if you want to check it out let me know um hit me up like i even say in the episodes hit me up if you have any questions about anything you know i'm here to like help people talk about like your realize your real struggles and things you're going through and if I can help you, let me know, man. I'm here. I'm here to help people. That's that's what I'm all about. Facts. That's all that matters, man. And, and besides that podcast, where do they find the rest of your content? I mean, I know they could just you know scroll your timeline, but is there anywhere else you want to direct? Oh people? man, you know, like ah, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I do my weekly show over on Maya Media Network on YouTube. I talk about Dynasty and uh, some players that are stocks are going up and down. I do a little bit of work here and there for FTN. I make some promo videos for them. You'll find that kind of whenever it comes out you know type of thing you'll right. see it on my twitter or sometimes on brad evans's twitter or whoever tweets it out that day um and then i do some work with ray over at destination Devi. you can go check out his youtube channel he does a bunch of stuff like three four times a week check out the patreon patreon.com forward slash all gas if you want to join our Devi and dynasty community uh yeah it's like 250 people probably now ish yeah, it's wild so it's it's big yeah it's not just like fantasy you know we're even getting into I know he wants to start getting into trading cards too, um, which is funny because that's like the new big thing in the fantasy community is, yeah. the, is the cards. I was I was meant so I was we'll I, I messaged him when he said that when he was talking about getting cards because I just recently got into it. Like, um, yeah, I know you got into it too. Yeah, so I got into it heavy, and I was like, man, I, I, the thing is, like, I don't have I, I'm not out here spending like these crazy amounts of money. I'm just buying like little you know guys that I like cards that I like. I'm not going like crazy yeah. thousands of dollars. People are like you know maxing out credit cards because you know they're, but they're looking at it as like an investment. You know what I mean? I'm just having fun with it. But yeah. It is it is contagious, man. It gets a gets a little heavy, it's, man. It's the new wave for sure. It's yeah. like I think it's gonna be the new wave in the fantasy community is the trading cards. And yeah, all that stuff. I was kind of surprised. Like, oh, you win the league and win the win this car, this card or whatever. Yeah, I was kind of surprised yeah. when I got back into it that there weren't more people doing it. And I was like, damn, I, I was even like, shit, should I even put this on my timeline? Like people I might be bothering people. But now it seems like yeah. you know, it's, it's catching on. Even like Pokemon cards, everything's just catching fire again. So yeah, um, I think it was when Cuban said that he, he that he started investing in in rookie cards. Yeah, was like three years ago or four years. Gary ago. Gary V did that. it too. Gary and v it took off. From, yeah, Gary V talked about that too. 
So yeah, yeah it's a fun, it's a, a few fun different people thing, that are influential. And but plus for a lot of people, of like sudden, there, there's a lot of new people getting into it that never collected cards, but there's also people who are like bringing back like nostalgic feelings for them. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so it's kind of, you know, both, both worlds there, but it's fun. It's just something to do. You there's, there's worse ways to spend your money. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, for sure. It's definitely, you know, fun. do what you love, you know, yeah. don't go bankrupt, but do what you love <laughs> exactly within your means. Exactly. Go follow Jordan at your boy, Jay Rich. If you want to follow Clock Dodgers, we would, we would certainly appreciate it. You can follow us at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. If you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe. Please leave a review if you haven't already. If you have done all those things, we love you. We appreciate it. Other than that, Jordan, I don't got nothing else for them. You got anything else? Nah, man. We talked about everything I thought and more, so <laughs> I'm did. more than happy. You know, Follow Clock Dodgers. Check them out. Let Neil know that you like him, <laughs> that you thank him for his time. Like th- Neil, thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me on the podcast. To all the listeners out there. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, because I know it's been a while, but I'm here for you, here to help the people. Neil's here for you to help the people. So follow us, interact with us, check out our stuff. Yeah, and, and be a Jordan. Like be be the guy who, when someone needs someone in, in, in the crunch in the last minute, you're the go-to. Be a Jordan. That's 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 I appreciate be that. Be a Jordan man. Richard, man. It's just the way to go. Other than that, guys, as always, be kind, be great, keep dodging. <laughs>